listening to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, presenting... The Opus Maximus of Dad's Diapers and Drinks, Scott, Scott Gagins. Gagins. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the most effeminate yeah. ever. Hey, everybody. What? Oh, I did it again. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's the E. <laughs> e. I hang out of the E for too long. It was funny. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dad's Diapers and Drinks. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm Nathan. And I was taking a drink, and I'm Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm taking a drink. It's a pleasure for you to be here. I really didn't like that Jeff character. <laughs> You're listening to another episode of Dad Cypress and Drinks. Um, mm. It is, uh, yeah, Nathan and I just got back from a little camping weekend mm-hmm. that was uh, soured by a freaking monsoon. So much rain. It was a lot of rain. And uh, we had a six-month-old Davis with us. Who did okay? Could have done better. He was doing pretty good, honestly. I well, at least I felt like he was doing really well for considering On, the conditions, especially. Yeah. I'm glad you thought so. That makes me feel better because yeah. I'm self conscious about how he's doing because I feel like him screaming is a bit yeah. distracting to everybody. He had like but, one spat, and that was it. And yeah, it was completely unexplainable. It was Sunday morning. I don't know why he was just, he had had it. It's like, get me out of this campsite. <laughs> I am uh, done. Yeah. Uh, so he was, I don't know. He he was, he looked like he was tired, but he hadn't been awake very long. So we're like, well, I don't want to give him a nap just yet. And then he was like, nap. And started <laughs> just screaming his head off. And then he just got so upset that he couldn't sleep. And uh, so Kelsey just stayed with him. And so we, we have a big 10 person tent um, that we just bought and it's one of the, uh, instant tents. So mm-hmm. you just set it up in like five minutes. It's all, it all, it's all like pre-assembled and it folds together and then you just pull it out of the case and you unfold it and it all clips in and it's really, it's pretty sick, but, That's um, awesome. yeah, so we, it's a big tent so we can fit our air mattress and the pack and play for Davis and then lots of room for our suitcases and stuff. Um, so Kelsey was trying to get Davis to take a nap amidst the screaming in our pack and play. And like, she'd calm him down by holding him, then try to gently place him in the pack and play. And he's like, Nope, I'm screaming again. So she had to just hold him for the entire nap. So mm. as that was not fun. Mm. And then, I mean, the weather was nice at that point, but Friday night and Saturday, most of Saturday was all just downpour. So we yeah. were just like stuck in the tent. Couldn't do anything. We also both got screwed out of our amazing campsites because Katie is like a planaholic. So she has to plan for like the best things. So she like did research. She was like looking at Google Maps, like satellite imagery. Like she had it down. (laughs) She's like, these are the best spots. And then they basically someone couldn't move because their truck had broke down. So they couldn't move their trailer. So they were staying on the site. And so the lady's like, we're moving into these spots and they're so much better. And we're like, okay, they're not better. It was basically a blatant lie because they were terrible. I basically camped in a river 
with Katie. Like <laughs> the bottom side of our tent that was like down the hill because there wasn't a flat spot was literally a river. Like there's nothing else. It was in standing water. The bottom of our tent was. Yeah. We actually pitched our tent on the driveway. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had to be on the driveway because everything else was a puddle. It was either on a slope or in standing water. So whatever. It did we, rain a ridiculous amount. Yeah. So everything was standing water. Yeah. It was crazy. But even still, we really did make the most out of it. I yeah. ended up having a good time, especially Saturday night. Yeah. Your parents stopped by and we had a lot of good stories and stuff. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. Dad told the whole grandma sally saga oh, oh man. no that never gets old i could i could listen to that over i and over still again. can't believe it's a real part of my life oh man it is pretty insane <laughs> we, we have a we have a certified cat grandma so oh my gosh yeah there's no way she'll ever hear this so i, I don't feel i'm not sure if it's worth doing the whole thing that's like but a whole not, episode on its own it, it really is and we need to have dad we, we should just have steve tell it yeah <laughs> when yeah. he comes on yeah and we we're talking about that we, we we would like to have dad on at some point mm-hmm. um We'll we'll start having guests when we're a little bit farther down the road. Yeah, um, you know we're not boring yet. Yeah, we still have <laughs> we still have ideas, of things to talk about. Once we're out of ideas, then we need to like bring other dads on and help yep. help us say things. Um, but anyway, uh, Nathan and I were drinking. We're trying to finish off the proper twelve and the seventeen ninety two tonight. We um, both have like like a three quarters glass and we'll probably get like a quarter glass each of the 1792 because yeah it's not a bunch less but we're we're hitting both we're doing a double yeah. header tonight that's right yeah. so if the quality of this episode is lacking um, <laughs> apologies up front nice and uh i am drinking my john bar scotch and Solid. I made the mistake of finishing off a bottle of Glenmorangi scotch right before we started recording and i determined i didn't have enough so i had to go back for more and tell you what, drinking cheap scotch after drinking good scotch is a bad choice because the, <laughs> the cheap scotch really stands out once you've had a sip of some good stuff. But that's what I'm on tonight. And uh, I, I too had an eventful weekend. Um, it was my, if, if she ever listens to this, it was my niece Freya's graduation party. Nice. So congrats to her. Super proud of her for. Uh, was it on Sunday or Saturday? It was on Saturday. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> that so, was the yeesh. monsoon day. Yeah. It was, it was unfun. Well, it was, the party ended up being fun once the monsoon passed, but it was unfun mm-hmm. setting up for it. It was pretty, oh, pretty nuts. Yeah. But so what we ended up doing, so here's our, here's our crazy story. My wife and I uh, borrowed a big tent that our church has. Mm-hmm. And it's like a monster tent. You know, you could, you could use it for any large gatherings quite it's probably the biggest thing i've ever seen it was a real pain to take apart and set back up it wasn't like a pop-up tent it was like <laughs> yeah. 50 to 80 steel like metal bars that you had to disassemble and oh wait load I think up and we've that, like set that up and taken it down multiple times yeah at yeah. fellowship yeah, yeah. yeah. is it that our, tent? our bible study in high school that tent oh it's a okay. big it's, it's uh, a big tent and it's also old yeah it's also old foreshadowing and well, and well used so we, me, my, me, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law on Friday, tore it down, moved it over to my in-law's house and set it up, which took hours, long process, got it done, did a little cheers, had a drink. We're like, oh my gosh, we're exhausted. This was hard. That mm-hmm. night in the early in the morning on Saturday was when this huge monsoon smashed the west side of Cleveland mm-hmm. and the tent buckled and broke in half underneath the weight 
of the storm. Oh my word. So I wake up, so I my I drive home. I don't stay at my in-laws' house whenever everyone's in town because I live on the east side. It's not that far. It's like 45, 50 minutes. Um, so I get a text in the morning from my brother-in-law just like sending me a picture of the tent folded over in their driveway. <laughs> oh, He's like, word. I got some bad news for you. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, That's pretty bad news. That's pretty bad news. <laughs> so we had to disassemble it one more time when I got there and try to we tried to fix the broken pipes and stuff that were literally cracked in half and bent 90 degrees over wow determined that to fix it was going to cost like hundreds of dollars to buy different pipes and stuff and get them cut to the right sizes and everything Mm -hmm. so we just called our church and said hey we the tent died (laughs) 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 i don't know what to tell you man that thing's it's well, dead. The amount of times that we use the thing is staggering. The number the of times it, it was set up and long. taken down, like for VBSs and events and yeah. you name it. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. So we, we called our, our one of our pastors and he we told him what happened. And he his basic assessment was well, I guess it was either gonna die in our parking lot, because it was set up in the church parking lot when we oh. tore it down. Yeah. Just that it was either gonna die in our parking lot or it was gonna die in your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently last night was the night that it was going to die. So the straw that yeah. broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, its, it's expiration done. date was written. <laughs> yeah. But the stress was just huge. Like it's this yeah. big tent. It looks really nice and everything. And then it, we take it to my in-laws and it just breaks in half. <laughs> oh man, my, my in-laws were freaking out. They're like, well, we have to owe them like a thousand dollars for a new tent or something. Like, what did you, what did you do about like covering the area? <laughs> So we started asking neighbors and family members if anyone has tents, and we ended up setting up three small tents in place of the one big one. Uh, I mean, small is relative. One of them was a rather big tent in and of itself. We ended up setting up three different tents to cover the driveway and set up all the tables and stuff. It was a nuts, nuts Saturday morning of scrambling to get everything together. But we did. Had a great graduation party for my niece. So Good stuff, man. It was good. I'm glad it didn't ruin your weekend. (laughs) If anything, it, it it made it more flavorful. It was more, I bet. you know, yeah, and that's a little spicy. Of, that's where I netted out with our weekend. Is mm-hmm. I like I really, I didn't enjoy a lot of it, and yeah, I was Scott like, and I had a little heart to heart. I was like, why are we doing this, man? What we've got a baby mm-hmm. and it's raining. Why didn't we just cancel? I could be doing any literally anything else right now. Um, and plus me being a golf nerd the open championship was on Mm -hmm. and uh i really wanted to watch it so i i just was luckily (laughs) the um, state park was not too far off the beaten path so i had nice cell reception Mm -hmm. so i had youtube tv going for a lot of our rain out um but um yeah i was anyway as after all the rain cleared and we were able to have a nice evening and a good Sunday, I was like, "All right, mm-hmm. well, at least at least we have a story to tell." And it was, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I still had a good time in the end. Yeah. So this episode, we're going to be talking about a father's role in the family, what we believe it is, and what the world believes it is, and uh, how those two things might be in conflict in a few different ways. Um. So, who wants to who wants to go first? Jeffrey, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> I don't know. We we really roughly planned out this episode. Yes. Right? So, um, anyway, uh, the first thing we want to talk about is gender roles. Um, 
do they still exist? Uh, what were the traditional gender roles? Um, uh, uh, yeah, are they a thing? Why were there gender roles? <laughs> why were there gender roles? That's a good one. Well, I think the why is pretty. I mean, I mean, there's there's a reason why the debate is being had in modern mm-hmm. day as to what should we still even maintain the gender roles as they traditionally were? Mm-hmm. It's because our society is just so shockingly different than it was 200 years ago. The, the, the comment that I heard that I very much enjoy for thinking about this idea is if you compared fatherhood in the 12th century to fatherhood in the 15th century, it doesn't change really at all. Maybe you have better farming tools, but that's about the only <laughs> difference between yep. those two things. Comparing mm-hmm. fathers from 1800 to 2021 is a shockingly different experience. It's not the same universe. <laughs> no, it's just, it's so non-comparable. It's kind of crazy. You could almost say the same thing from like a hundred year gap of like 1920 to yeah. 2020 <laughs> is like yeah. astonishing. I mean, even, even the 1960s to now is different. Yeah. It's it's the so that's why this debate of like what are the gender roles like what what should the man do what should the woman do is all changing because you know a hundred years ago it was like yeah birth control literally didn't exist in any form at all so guess what women do you have kids I mean, like there's literally the nothing else I mean, going aside on from like and the infant mortality was really high too yeah the like crazy. uh insane contraceptives like skin condoms and stuff like that like that was no that was like a real thing like there's like yeah. like there's record of stuff but like widely available and easily and accepted effective. and effective birth control no that wasn't yeah. really a thing yeah so it the modern the modern era has changed the gender roles significantly which is why people talk about it mm-hmm. in any capacity but our our question today is what is the role of a father? Has yeah. that really changed? Well, why do you think, I mean, there's some obvious reasons, but I guess the reason that I brought up the question of why, why are there gender roles is why are, were the gender roles split up the way they were? I mean, there's obviously there's some, you know, biblical explanation there, but like why societally were they split up in the way that they were? Like, what do you guys think about that? Mm. Uh, answering why is difficult maybe i don't okay, know why, Work do you, was, why do you think uh yeah the real answer i might be way off here mm-hmm. um why do i think there were gender roles i just think working providing for your family was literally physical labor mm-hmm. um, yeah for millennia <laughs> and obviously men are way more capable of doing a lot more physical labor for prolonged periods of time than women are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, men would naturally be the hunters or be the construction workers or mm-hmm. be anything that re- that is both dangerous and requires um, lots of physical strength and stamina and endurance. Um, so it's almost like biologically we were predetermined to do certain roles and women mm-hmm. maybe would be more of the grow let's grow, women can grow the vegetables or you know provide for the family in ways that they were better suited for make more well, people make more people <laughs> um and uh and obviously there are examples of women being relegated to those roles despite their capability of doing other things um mm-hmm. but in general 
I would say that's kind of how society naturally organized itself um, is that um, men and women have different, different strengths and they just naturally gravitate toward those strengths. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just do what you were gifted to do. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Jeff. No, I, I think that's the, the only framework that I would change with what you said is it's not necessarily even that men are the one are, are physically bigger in stature and stronger in those things. It's also that there's only one half of the, of this human species that can actually produce more humans. And that's women and men, no matter how much you try, can't do it. So even though a woman could technically work out a ton, run a ton, get in better physical shape than most men, whatever, because obviously there's plenty of women who would kick my button or in a sprint or whatever, mm-hmm. even though women can do that, men literally cannot do what women do. So yeah, the role of a woman is like, look, especially before modern technology, you're the only part of the species that can do what you do. Mm-hmm. So men will do all of the other things because we cannot do the one thing that really matters, which is make more people. Right. <laughs> so if the basis of civilization, the, the reason why I'm going this way is literally the foundation of civilization is reproduction mm-hmm. in the well, earliest yeah. days, evolutionarily, like way back in the, you know, if you take the evolutionary time tree, 120,000 years ago when humans were popping up, um, the reason why we ever collected into, into groups and teams and made s- little societies is because of women. If there were no women and men could just reproduce with each other, we would never have society. It's only because of women. Yeah. So there's a reason that the roles were founded. Mm-hmm. But the question is, do we still need them today? Because today is so different. Do we still need men to be the workers and women to be the home care people and the raising of children? Can those responsibilities be taken and split up differently nowadays than they were traditionally? I think they can manifest differently. But to think of it as like an entire societal shift and basically like, well, we don't need this anymore. Let's just is a very throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of approach that I think is foolish at its at the basis level is just Just on principle based on based on principle is foolish. Um, I mean, especially with the fact that. Like what you said, I mean, with society is essentially built, you know, in and around the fact that, you know, women are the ones that can make babies and make more humans. So the guys can't do that (laughs) and there's no ability to. So the women are trying to find the best guy who can, you know, get the most food and give the most protection so that she can have the most babies. And I mean, that's obviously shifted as society has shifted. So I think there is definitely room for improvement but i think that the standard gender roles i mean you even look today and there's evidence for why it still matters at least in certain capacities i don't Mm -hmm. think in all capacities i mean we've even talked about the fact that even from a providing perspective like there's tons of stay-at-home dads now it's like okay you can't make the baby but you can take care of it (laughs) that's for sure yeah Mm -hmm. Especially if you're formula feeding, mm-hmm. um, or I mean, in the early days, it takes a while for mom's milk to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I don't know how that works, but um, 
now we have a massive stockpile of milk. So <laughs> yeah. like Kelsey could go on many vacations now and I could take care of Davis because I could just thaw it, thaw the milk and put it in a bottle and feed him. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, so modern that, technology enabling. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, largely gender roles are um, changed a lot nowadays. Um, men are very capable of um, doing a lot of the things that women were formerly solely capable of mm-hmm. um yeah so th- this this brings up really the interesting part of this idea which is what we now have to do is examine what are the traditional role of a father mm-hmm. and what things because we basically have to rebuild what the idea of fatherhood is in the 21st century yeah. but like nate said we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. we don't want to just say all the traditional stuff is dumb and bad and we shouldn't do any mm-hmm. of that it's right. like all that stuff got us here. It made the world that we are in. So you don't want to just toss that into the garbage. But it does mean that you have to kind of take a sober-minded look and go, okay, what are the things that I as a father truly need to do? Because I can't just go, ah, oh, that's all the women's job because that's what it traditionally was. Because it's like, I don't know. It's not necessarily true anymore. Yeah. Nate? Um, I was just thinking... It's very interesting that we've been entirely discussing this from a practical standpoint in the sense that, you know, what women do and what guys do. And because of things moving forward, essentially, from a, as a society, the, there's a lot of things like we were just discussing that have kind of brought those things closer together. The overlap is a lot greater than it used to be from a what you can do as a dad per se, or as a man in a child's life, as opposed to a woman. But there's a lot more things that you could do that women could do. And there's a lot more things that women could do that guys could do now. So that overlaps so much greater. So I think it used to be very much that our very natural roles came from what we did. You know, the guys would able to go out and hunt and strangle a bear when, you know, (laughs) women would like jump on and be like, crap, it's over. (laughs) Guess we're not getting food tonight. Um, So it's like those were the roles, but it's like that's no longer the case anymore. So from that perspective, you have to look deeper into what the fatherly and masculine perspective is in a sense and why, what are actually the true fundamental differences as me as a male as opposed to my wife who's a woman. Yep. And I think that right there is about one of the most important questions happening in our culture right now. It's mm-hmm. this is literally why you have all the LGBTQ plus stuff going on is because this question right now is being debated actively in our culture. Yeah. It's like, what does this mean? Because all of it has become so mutable, but, but mm-hmm. we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Cause that's a deep hole that we can spend <laughs> forever. in. <laughs> but on, on this idea, I think what's worth talking about is, um, as Nate just kind of broke down, the the real question we're asking is, what is the like philosophical most important pieces of fatherhood? Not not talking about what it was and traditional stuff, but looking at kind of the tradition of what a father can do, what a mother can do, and talking about. What are the things that we want as fathers to show to our kids? What are the big ideas of male, of men that we want to t- 
teach our daughters and the thing about men we want to teach our sons. So what is the one thing, like Scott, for you with, with Davis, what is, what are the things that you hope to teach Davis about being a man? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I, um, I hope to teach him to treat women well, um, Mm -hmm. to, uh, I don't know. It's because today uh, we we want quote unquote equality. Um, don't sound too excited about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we want freaking equality. Equality. <laughs> you know, like holding the door open for a woman um, can be perceived now as uh, oh, what would you say? Like, I guess toxic masculinity or. Uh, um, the urge to the, solve the problem for the woman. Yeah, you're you're saying a woman is not capable of opening a door herself, um, which is just dumb. Like, no, it's just called being a nice person. You know, mm-hmm. just. And I remember <laughs> there's there's this time uh, a, a family friend was visiting our our grandparents while we were there, and he brought a gift, and uh, our, our grandma wanted to repay him. He was like, "Just please accept my generosity." And mm-hmm. I was like, that is something that we don't, our society is completely crapping on. Yeah. Just mm. let people be nice to you and stop trying to read in all this negative, uh, all these negative motives that you think yeah. might be happening. So I'm going to teach Davis, hopefully some old fashioned chivalry, um, bring the girl you like some flowers, um, hold the door open for her, um, really cherish women and all that they have to offer um mm-hmm. and because women whether you want to admit it or not men and women are not equal women are way more emotionally vulnerable and mm-hmm. men need to treat them that way and understand um what it's like um to just be in a relationship with one like when davis starts dating girls i, I want to make sure he learns from me how to treat a woman um mm-hmm. uh, just to be um and it's not me talking down it's not i'm not saying anything negative about women like we need the emotional vulnerability because men it's a counterbalance to men because we generally aren't that way or maybe yeah. the emotion we show more is anger rather than um anything else well <laughs> maybe that's just me but i i believe you're right on there and i think it goes even deeper in the fact that there's like this perceived idea that it is a negative connotation, that it's a somehow you're less than, which is what you're communicating. But actually, I I don't know why I didn't just think of that thought of this just now, is is it's a communication of value. It's saying you are a valuable individual and because I value you in a certain sense, even just just because you're a woman, you're a valuable thing. So I'm going to go out of my way and do something that is not required of me at all and do something simple like holding a door. Yeah. Yeah. That that is that having extra respect. And, you know, like like us having a conversation is totally different than if we're having a conversation with women around like that used to be a standard yeah that that's a that's like a more traditional thing where like, you get it together there's, there's boys talk and then there's when in the company of women mm-hmm. but that's something that's dissolved i notice has dissolved yeah in our culture today where I, I feel like i speak the same around our wives as i would around you guys yeah. which mm-hmm. traditionally is not a thing you would 
really control your speech when in the presence of women. And if you watch any movie from like the 50s and 60s, they literally say that openly. It's like, hey, you watch your tongue around your, around the women. Mm-hmm. It's like that's that's gone. And I don't know if that's good. I don't yeah. know if that's good or bad. That might be bad. I don't know yet. It's hard to say because we're right in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, on one hand, I like to think that the women are helping like in that traditional perspective or helping rein the men in mm-hmm. um like it's probably a good thing that we learn to control our tongues whether or not like you believe women being the cause of that is just or not um mm-hmm. it's still it's still is- good the the effect is that you are learning to control your own speech which is good um now we just fly off the handle and let f-bombs roll out like it's nothing um and women well, join in in that as well and i, I think that's uh, overall it's, it's kind of a negative thing well <laughs> yeah. you, you can actually kind of see that in like the the female comics i was gonna go there too yeah there are some female comics that literally their whole stint is just doing all the crude things that air stereotypically bad for women to do mm-hmm. right and like joking about sex like men do and swearing and talking crudely like men do and that's the whole bit it's not even that the bit's particularly funny it's just that it's taboo for like the traditional female role yeah right so again you might say well the roles change it's like yeah but i'm not sure it's better this way or not that's where i'm always torn Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i like that i think that might have been good well yeah I know I'm actually my thought process is going to get us farther in than I want to <laughs> at this point. Um, no, now I've completely lost what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think along that line, you know, it's like you have to think, you know, what you actually uh, want to, you know, pass on like something that I think is not essentially taught as much anymore is, the whole idea of being a courageous person, which is a very yeah. positive masculine quality, is doing yep. the thing that you shouldn't be able to do, essentially, mm-hmm. through the act of courage. Yeah. Or, or standing on your belief mm-hmm. against opposition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah or being being willing to sacrifice something for your family um mm-hmm. being the being courageous enough to sacrifice yeah is tough yeah. yep one of the things that i think about a lot because i have a my older child is a, is my daughter is i think about what lessons do i want to teach my daughter about men mm-hmm. because it's just an area of thinking that I've never had because I've never been a dad with a daughter. I've never even been a guy with a sister because we don't have a sister. So this it's an area of life that I've never thought about until becoming a, a father of a daughter. But yeah. what are the things that I want my daughter to understand about men? Mm-hmm. And I find it tricky because there's always the joke of like, yeah, you know, when you start dating, I'll just start loading the shotgun, like that type of right. thing. But I'm trying to think about how do I actually articulate this to my daughter eventually that, hey, you need to understand how men are, especially young men and kind of the the dark side of masculinity, which is this the phrase of like toxic masculinity that you hear around of, you know, men that are basically just chase women as objects and only want them for for sex. Mm -hmm. And I don't I'm trying to figure out actively throughout the next 10 years of my life 
what I'm going to do to try to keep my daughter aware of, but I don't want to like when she's 12, like, so here's the deal, kid. When you see a boy, this is what he's thinking. Like, I don't want to do that to her as a little girl, but at some point I have to somehow show her that this is a side of men that you need to be aware of. And I don't really know how it's going to work. That's a terrifying aspect. Yeah. I feel as though one of the roles of fatherhood, like I, I know this is like super gross and I've heard it a thousand times, but it's like this whole idea of like dating your daughter, which is like, okay, that's is there anything else that we could call it that <laughs> makes I think, sense. But I think like courting, showing courting, your daughter how yeah, to court. Yes. But like simply Im- imparting the idea of the value that they have yeah. how valuable they are and simultaneously being the standard that she will have for every other guy. Yes, like my dad treats me this way. I do good. not deserve to be treated any less than this. I'm not going to be objectified. I'm not going to be even set up as an idol in this person's life and be controlling. I'm not going to allow myself to be controlled emotionally by this person because I'm my own individual. And there's all those layers of it that I don't even know. You can't just be like, I'm going to tell you about this. Like it's literally the act of us being above reproach and showing that like, this is the only standard that you should ever have. That's acceptable. Yeah. Like this is the line. It's very true. Watch it. (laughs) That's a great way to ensure that she marries a good guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's, Um, you know, especially once you get married and you have a father-in-law, yeah, it's it's interesting to me because I can see a lot of the things that my father-in-law does mm-hmm. that I go, oh, I see why, I see why my wife appreciates this stuff because that's what her dad was like. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see yourself in your father-in-law and you go, oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. probably one of the <laughs> things that my wife noticed and liked. Ah, that's kind of just an odd yeah. little way of relating. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that too. <laughs> it's also interesting that you have almost like a natural connection because of that it's like she chose you and you're you have similar qualities to her father that she values and so in that sense you like meet him and you're like hey we kind of think the same way <laughs> yeah <laughs> this hey, is cool like the women have chosen us I mean, because like, of something yeah, i mean right. like even katie's dad had the same profession as me he was an aircraft mechanic so like we can oh, talk about things like that all the time he'll be like How's, what's going on at work and i can actually tell him about it and he'll go oh yeah like oh, totally get it and be like oh yeah i remember when we did this on you know and so like there's those kinds of cool things that exist yeah yeah so one of the other things that i know in particular we hold as as very important is mm-hmm. being the the leader of the family this is one of those parts of the the gender roles that i you you'd like to think might have changed the c- culture wants to say that this is something that has changed mm-hmm. but i've got some some data here that i've heard over the years and I actually pulled some of the numbers for the sake of this conversation that really show that the the leadership quality of the father is something that really can't be just set aside it's one of those mm-hmm. things that as we we're saying before so much of this has become mutable but there's some parts that just that just aren't that you need to hold on to mm-hmm. that tradition has kind of set up and we can't just throw out the baby with the bathwater. And that's kind of the leadership role in the family. And if you ever heard this phrase, 
it it goes something like this wherever the father goes the family goes mm-hmm. and that's true whether you want it to be or not it's just it's just true unless um, he's gone unless he's gone in which case you get many right. other other problems Some new fantastic problems yes yes so i'm just going to read this real quick this is mostly geared around spiritual leadership because again we are christians if you haven't heard that yet and in general all the data that i've read about these things comes from my time in youth ministry working with middle schoolers and high schoolers and the problems that arise in those years but here's some stats that are just interesting when both parents attend Bible study in addition to Sunday service, 72% of their children will attend Sunday school when grown up. When neither parent attends Sunday school, only 6% of children will attend when growing up. It is a direct correlation. So that's like parents and non... If your parents are Christians and go to church and study the Bible, there is a very high correlation that your kids will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost and if you, three quarters. Yes. And if you don't, it is almost no chance that your kids do. But here's the interesting thing. When a mother attends and the father does not, only 15% of kids will attend church as adults. Mm-hmm. If the father attends and the mother does not, 55% of the children will attend mm-hmm. when they grow up. This is not opinion piece. This is just data collected. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, if the father is not committed to being a spiritual leader, the kids, almost all of them, 85% won't. Mm-hmm. And that is just a massive call. It's it, Again, you don't have to be, uh, though I wish you would take Christianity, give it a good look mm-hmm. and try it out. Even if you don't, if you're a father, what precedent you set in the household, your kids will carry. It won't be yep. your wife. Whatever precedent you set is what's going to be carried by your kids. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know the official statistics and i'd have to look them up but i know there's a direct correlation between you know basically everything that is unsavory about men by via incarceration crime and ability to get a job through college are all these things that are directly affected to the involvement of a father within a home i've got those stats too if you want me to read those hit me with them do i like the stats (laughs) so here's those stats feel knowledgeable Um, So this was, yeah, this is as of the 2020 Census Bureau. So this is as recent of Census Bureau as we can get. There are 18.3 million children in America. Mm -hmm. Um, One in four of all children. So that's one fourth of all children, 18.3 million, live without a biological step or adoptive father in the home. Wow. man! 25% of kids are fatherless in our country. Which is that the is, worst in the world. That is so bad. <laughs> Such a big number, dude. Worst, most children without a father in the world is America. Oh, man. That's crazy. It's unreal. Yeah. I didn't, so, realize, I didn't realize we were the worst. I wonder what the percentage of motherless is. I mean, I'm sure it's tiny, well, but I'm just curious. Don't really have, have an option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's moms that pass away, but that's probably like your only condition. I mean, but there's there's probably a small percentage of moms that do leave. But yeah. But it's probably tiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's some stats that this is all from the Census Bureau. Yeah. Uh, this is some stats that this pamphlet comes with. Uh, if you do not have a father in the home, you are at four times greater risk of poverty. Woof. You are seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teenager. 
if you're a girl. You are obviously <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, oh yeah, now, Jeff, <laughs> don't tell me what I can do. <laughs> you are uh, rel- This is not no multiplier, but it says you are more likely to face abuse and neglect, and more mm. likely to have behavioral problems. Because you're at two times as great a risk of infant mortality. More Bro, likely to abuse what? drugs and alcohol. Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> two times. You're twice as Two likely to die as, as an infant. Why? If you don't have a father, I think it's mostly because of, I, I would. My, my first thought was exhaustion. Just a mom oh, who's I, alone dealing with kids and just going, you know what? I bet he's fine. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I bet it's That's fine. Probably the best explanation. I say because I couldn't think of anything else, but yeah, sure, it's a statistic. Well, it exists. Keep, keep rolling. Yeah, um, you are. It doesn't have the multiplier, but I know it's. I know it's high. It doesn't have it here. It says more likely to go to prison. I believe oh, it's something sure. like it's like four or five times more likely to go to prison. Almost yeah. all of the people in prison don't have fathers or have bad fathers. That's just mm-hmm. it's almost all men. Ninety five percent of all people in prison are men, and almost yeah. all of them have no father or bad fathers. I feel so, like we just as guys have screwed it up in a certain sense. Yeah, because There's of a that. He- yeah, uh, two times more likely to suffer from childhood obesity. Mm. Um, like, this is so political. It literally just says more likely to commit crime. It's clearly not giving the multiplier because it doesn't want to. More like we know what these crime. numbers are. I bet I could find them, but this pamphlet from the government <laughs> I mean, doesn't want to say what the numbers are. <laughs> more means greater than fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which <You're>, isn't small. <laughs> and more than two times as likely to not finish high school. Wow, man. So it's I'm just, again. I'm feeling this like is a all failure, done with women do in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this is not about oh we can change these. It's saying look we did change these things and it doesn't mm. work. Well, that's the crazy thing is like, I mean, like I was literally just saying, it's like I I am not guilty of this. Obviously, I mean, I grew up with a father. I was blessed to have a father growing up, yeah. and I plan on not going anywhere. So. I am not part of the statistics. <laughs> I definitely plan on sticking around. Um, so, but it's the sad thing is, is like, this is like a culture, a failure of culture amongst men. Like, you can't, we can't really blame women and be like, you've screwed this up. How could you have done this? It's like, as guys, we are we're the ones leaving personally responsible. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 this whole trickle down effect of our fathers, fathers, fathers failed, <laughs> essentially, and then it it devolves progressively, and it's more re- shirking of responsibility right. well, and it, the willingness to just I want to do my own thing. Yeah, it grows exponentially too. I mean, but even sorry, go ahead. Uh, just yeah, just jumping off your trickle down, <laughs> your trickle down, trickle down idea. Yeah, uh, a guy didn't have a father, and then he impregnates a woman, and then he leaves because mm-hmm. he didn't. He was never taught personal responsibility. He was never taught to stick around. Yeah, and uh, that's you know, just a repetition of men becoming their fathers again. And I don't know. This, well, I don't know if there's any stats to back that up, but it makes sense to me. And even still, another thing that I just thought of is the whole idea of becoming more culturally acceptable or possible to be a single mom. So it's like even the guys that were like, maybe would have stuck around are like, no, I don't want you a part of this in a certain sense, but it's like, maybe those guys shouldn't have been around. (laughs) 
Right. I'm pretty pretty sure below a certain income level, the government it favors You'll sing, get more single money. single mothers. Yeah. So there is an incentive for women. There's a financial incentive for women to be on their own, but yeah. it's horrible for their kids. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's something that's being overlooked a lot. Um, yeah. I was just looking up abortion rates because th- this whole thing, this is this is the reason why people argue for abortion is because there's it's 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 a male problem that leads to a female problem where mm-hmm. because men just flippantly have sex with women, get them pregnant and then leave them is why you need to have abortion because these women are just being screwed over basically. Yeah. That's one of the core arguments for why abortion should be legalized in a lot of people's eyes. Well, I mean, but that that does have you see legs. why it has like you see why they make something the to stand on it's not just made of gas like that's a genuine argument i mean but it's also it's like the difficult thing is it's like fundamentally i believe it's morally wrong blatant and i would probably get on board with a lot of arguments that are made if we could all just agree that it's morally wrong and that a solution needs to be made and i don't think killing babies is the solution but you can't even have a discussion we're going to get in the weeds on this (laughs) the the point that i wanted to bring up out of out of this is i was just looking at 31.4 percent of all pregnancies in new york city ended in abortion in 2017 which is just like an un but okay again with the context of that is the number of men who impregnated a woman and then left there's a pretty strong correlation there. Yeah. Like that is, that to me, again, is a crisis of men, of men not being willing to be fathers and not being willing to adopt the responsibilities of manhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just abandoning women to their problems and then women being forced into the decision of, do I single mother or what? And it's a whole cycle of crap. It's a whole cycle of bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah, basically, we're not teaching personal responsibility. That's the biggest thing. Like, the contraception needs to be practiced, and abortion is not a form of birth control. It it should not be. Um, Yeah, you need to understand the risk of what you're doing before you do it. And Mm -hmm. uh, and abortion should not be seen as this get out of jail free pass. it should be a last resort. It should be safe, legal, and rare as it was originally intended. Mm-hmm. But it's not anymore, obviously. Like, I don't know yeah. why people couldn't see the writing. On. How, how could you not think it would devolve into this? You know, It's safe for, and legal. Well, you shouldn't do ago. it, though. It's like, well, what do you think that leads to? Yeah. <laughs> if it's safe and legal, you then just made it easy. be done. You just made yeah. it easy. And people say, well, you're going to, it's just going to lead to more back alley abortions if you outlaw it. Like, no, it's not. I mean, it yeah. might, but it's going to save a lot more lives than it takes. Yeah, but the big again to take us back to the topic that we actually can really talk about. Yeah, which is, sorry, I, I no, brought I mean, us further into weeds. <laughs> no, it's good. It's worth it. it. Is that this is a this is one of the most important things that we as fathers want to do is we don't want our kids to be the sons or daughters that get pregnant or impregnate. Mm-hmm. We want them to to be sober minded and and responsible for their actions, and that's probably one of the core roles that a man provides that i think we're showing with this data mm-hmm. that is one of the real responsibilities that men particularly fill is teaching yeah. your kids responsibility and teaching them um you know what 
is good and what is not good, mm-hmm. what is just and what is not just. That well, is predominantly a male role. Exactly. And the thing is, is that through all these shifts in society, um, there has been this aspect of seeing all these negative things as guys, you know, we do. And now there's this whole toxic masculinity thing that has come not only from that. I mean, it's, I think a lot of the people that use toxic masculinity is a giant straw man argument most of the time that they're just putting up as, oh, all guys are bad, blanket, done. But (laughs) the sad reality is that you have to, you know, understand that stereotypes happen for a reason. Like, they didn't just appear out of nowhere. It wasn't like, I suddenly believe, you know, insert objective thing I'm going to make up this lie about this group of people. Yes. Like, no, you observed something, and now it's kind of funny to joke about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the toxic masculinity thing falls in the same category where it didn't come out of nowhere. There's a reason this idea exists. It's because there's there's been some big problems with men in our country. Mm-hmm. Worse than probably anywhere else in the world, which is sad to say. But eh. I mean, like, here's an innocuous one. Like, even something as simple as women can't decide where they want to eat. That exists it's because it's true. Because man. my most, wife, holy, <laughs> the majority, fifty-one percent at least, can't seem to decide where they want to go to eat. And you'll suggest eighty-five places, and they'll go no, 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 over and over again. And you're like, okay, fine, you pick. And they're like, no, I don't want to. And you're like, mm. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's certain jokes a comedian is guaranteed to have land. Yeah. If you just kind of play on a little stereotype that everyone already knows is true, it's... Uh, it's like an inside joke that everybody knows and agrees yeah, with. Yeah, everyone's on the inside of, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, even like guys. Guys are prone to road rage. Absolutely. That's like a typical thing. I, I get mad <laughs> when I'm driving. I do too. <laughs> I, there was 66% of the people I've, in this podcast. I've never Get, hated. No, no, it's 100. Oh, it's all, all right. right. We're talking about Go team. I've never hated more people in my life <laughs> than when I'm behind dead, the wheel. Dead, 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 dead. All the time. Oh, yeah. Hated, hate, hated, hate. Loathe entirely. Absolutely. Classic. The Grinch, Jim Carrey. That's the best version. If you didn't answer fast enough, we answered for you. You failed. The new animated version with Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch is kind of weird and a little lackluster. Yeah. It's like a reimagining of the story, which uh, is one of those things where you go, but why? Why are we reimagining that? It was already yeah. good. No, we I don't think that of, would need to be reimagined. It's like we ran out of movie making ideas and started remaking, doing the live action versions of Beauty and the Beast uh, and Aladdin yes. and I mean, Mulan like, and Lion King. Do you need Lion to touch King, that movie? That's right. <laughs> like of all the movies, but the Jungle that's, Book. That's the one you got to touch. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, side, that was a side rant. <laughs> yeah. Back. Let's merge back over. <laughs> Ratchet it back in. We're back. Toxic masculinity is a stereotype, and it's a stereotype for a reason. Because um, men sometimes or throughout history have been a bit mm-hmm. toxic in their masculinity. Yeah. It's, it's a and thing. I, most, I think it's almost entirely sure, because fathers didn't teach sons how to be men. Mm. Pretty sure 100% of the dictators in history <laughs> have been <laughs> Could men. Could be defined. <laughs> that is toxic masculinity, quintessential. 
Hey, uh, so that's one of those funny stats. There are zero female tyrannical dictators. Yeah. Doesn't well, happen. That's man. because toxic masculinity holds women back. You know? Hey, uh, uh, that's, that's the reason. Yeah. Hey, facts, Jeff. Do you have some facts for us about uh, toxic masculinity? I mean, I, I pulled up a. I mean, this is. Thank you for that. I mean, goodness. <laughs> I just like calling you facts, Jeff. Are you a freaking child pitch? Is this like coach pitch? I don't think baseball? we have. Are you underhanding me? Yeah. Man. <laughs> that was quite. <laughs> we have notes and bullet points. And Nathan tried Can to you... lob one up there. Hey, Jeff. I just Can... wanted to bring the it back tease, around. The tease yeah. a little bit low. Can you raise that for me, buddy? Uh... <laughs> Jeff, give me our facts right now. I need facts right now. Give me. So, <laughs> we don't have facts. We have. Uh, I have a definition pulled are. up. Yeah. yeah, I have a definition of what toxic masculinity is. And you heard Nate say it earlier. It's mostly a straw man because when you, when I'm going to read this, I bet every man listening to this goes, yeah, I don't think any of well, that's true. Well, some. That's <laughs> basically yeah, probably, all you can say. <laughs> yeah, but there's probably someone like that, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. But this is the definition of toxic masculinity as prescribed by, what was this? <laughs> Verywellmind.com. I just thought it, Sorry. You we're, a joke? We're, we're capturing video for the first time, and mm-hmm. I just forget, and I keep itching my balls. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you, everybody. <laughs> You're toxic welcome. Masculinity. That's you toxic I'm manspreading full on for the camera. Get that wind in there. Yeah. Ooh, you have a little, to. A little toasty. No, no airflow down here. It gets warm. I am. Heck yeah. Anyway, so here's the definition. Part one, toughness. This is the notion that men should be physically strong, emotionally callous, and behaviorally aggressive. It's like, I don't think anyone believes that, do they? Well, um, this is the notion that men should be physically strong, emotionally yes. callous. No, no one believes that men should be. Men are. There are some men that are. Yeah. But I think that's a character flaw. It's not a... It's not a strength. It's not it's, something that should be valued. Well, the, it's also more like thing, a symptom and less of like if this were a disease, it's more of a symptom than it is a like like a problem. Yeah. The thing that I men should be physically strong as if that's a choice. Yeah. Cause there aren't like, other men that are like not physically strong. They're just like, average at best. Like Jeff, for yeah. example. Wow. Like old twig legs over there. (laughs) (laughs) I am still on his own podcast. I am not physically strong either. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You completely derailed him. (laughs) We're talking talking about T balls. (laughs) (laughs) No, but just the idea that the like this is where it this blanket statement is frustrates me because it's like, are you saying it's wrong to be physically fit? Is this a bad thing? Well, see, that doesn't make any right. sense because literally the reason that even our country can be protected is because there are physically and mentally strong men with the ability to fight wars that we can't fight. We're yeah. especially trained to do so. <laughs> so it's just, it's so blanket. It's just, ugh. Yeah, it's, well, it's, the, other, mm. the other problem with that is it can lead to this pass or this uh, false perception that anyone, a, a man who is physically strong or um, emotionally callous or behaviorally aggressive is now being toxic. Labeled. They're, yeah, they're, they're just now labeled. labeled. Yeah, and that's not necessarily true either. Like, you should never... I don't think you should ever box anyone in at all. Um, like, just because a dude's strong doesn't mean he's also a jerk. Um, 
just because someone's a jerk doesn't mean they're behaviorally aggressive or emotionally callous. You know, you can't just group all this yes. under one bucket. So. Yes, there are there are not physically fit people who are jerks, and there are jerks who are physically fit. And there are women who are emotionally callous as well. Yes. And behaviorally aggressive. Just tying all so. of this to men is like, yeah, that's it's like, really why, how did we earn that metal? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the next point here is anti-femininity. This involves the idea that men should reject anything that is considered to be feminine, such as showing emotion or accepting help. I agree with this. Go back to the door opening example. I I mean, I agree with this. Men shouldn't be feminine or show emotion or accept help. So, you know, I'm... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but maybe this is accurate. (laughs) The whole idea to say that men should reject anything and this is just a complete misunderstanding of male relationships as a whole like you go and work on a construction site yeah you make fun of each other you the act of iron sharpening iron isn't just a fun example it is a real thing the overall group and the individuals in the group will get collectively stronger and tougher because of the fake you know animosity essentially there's no animosity right. it's just all it's all a building exercise that looks like tearing down and it <laughs> so, really isn't yes i i saw something today that said it, it was it said men if your friends don't insult you you don't have friends <laughs> basically and, that's right it's just it, like, literally a minute ago it's scott has to take a little <laughs> gut punch to me because that's just what it is man yeah it's like yeah i'm scrawnier than you thanks for reminding me but you just do it like it's mm-hmm. just the way we work yeah but to take to take that and to also, the most extreme and say it's bad it's like it can be maybe but, well the you know. idea that that is true all of the time is simply wrong especially the same statement of anti-femininity it's like maybe strictly within men it's like to say that we're anti-feminine is kind of completely ridiculous but well yeah is it that men shouldn't show any signs of femininity men should reject anything that is anything that's the thing anything Anything, that's considered feminine anything in other men that is considered to be feminine that would make more sense that makes more sense because that would mean that i hate women and i very much don't exactly i I love it when women are feminine (laughs) when men are feminine jazzed about that frankly (laughs) yeah when women are feminine fantastic thing when men are feminine then it get it gets a little murky there mm-hmm. um yeah uh, I, I there's nothing really wrong with it but i don't reject it wholesale um yeah i don't know it's a you start to wonder what their sexuality sexual orientation might be but that doesn't mean anything either so yeah. it's a this is what one are, of those like again. We're, we're, we're doing the cardinal sin, which is we're reading an article written by someone and we're thinking about it, which you're just not you're not supposed to do. <laughs> you cannot. You're do supposed that. to read this and then move on to the next point. Stop. You're not supposed to read it and go. That's an interesting use of grammar. Hmm. I don't hmm. think they really hmm. mean that and you're that. anti-feminine because I'm not anti-feminine. I think it, you know they they don't mean for you to ever do that. So yeah. we're breaking the article down. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, well, let's keep doing it. Yeah. So the third point, <laughs> the third point makes the least sense to me. Uh, it's power. This is the assumption that men must work towards obtaining power and status so they can gain respect of others. Why is that exclusive to men? I know. It's like, isn't that the point of like feminism to do this? Isn't that the point of working hard as well? 
Yeah, it's like, what does that even mean, man? The assumption that men must work towards obtaining power and status. It's like, so men must live? I don't know what you mean. Right, and again, that, that breeds this false perception that a man who earns, who works hard, earns a promotion, is automatically toxic, because he, he got what he was going for. He got more power in the company. He well, got whatever. It's also toxic to strive. Yes, yes. don't you dare strive. Yes. It is toxic to want that. You cannot, is, you cannot have goals and achieve them. That for, is toxic. For a group of people that has been screaming, be who you are, that is like exactly the opposite. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh yeah, that natural thing that exists within you that is the opposite of femininity. It's literally... <laughs> yeah. And it's like ingrained in who we are. Yeah, and to me, the other glaring irony in this whole thing, as we said earlier, is these female comics Mm -hmm. who are being as masculine as they possibly can be, and at the same time, we're preaching about the harms of toxic masculinity. Um, I I, I think I've said this in in a different podcast, potentially, but you'll hear it again from me over and over again. It's that the weird thing about the feminist movement is feminism is trying to make women into men. Exactly. And literally, this isn't just an opinion. I, I should pull up the quote and actually have this just mm-hmm. bookmarked because I use it so often. But I forget which which one of the found, like founding feminist women from the 1960s and 50s yeah. said this. But she said, basically, in order for feminism to be achieved, women need to stop having babies because men don't. It's like women have to become men. That's the goal. For feminism. In order to have equality, women must become men. It's like, I don't, like, why do you even want that? Yeah. And, then this makes this point of like the assumption that men must work hard. It's like, well, isn't feminism? Hey, don't you want women to work? Isn't the whole point of women should work hard? Isn't like half the point of yeah. feminism and like professional success? Well, this is something we said. It's so weird. Back uh, when we were dissecting the first article, is that the assumption that the peak of human existence is a good career? Um, somehow, femininity has also let the feminist movement has latched onto that idea as well rather than celebrating stay-at-home moms they're now saying you are wasting your life yeah because you, you don't have a you don't yeah. work as a salesperson at some company that's going to die in 10 years because it produces a product that's whatever and it'll be a whatever yeah. thing for a bit and, and then remember, it'll go away i remember having to talk to our own mom about that because she you know she stayed at home jeff all of jeff and my upbringing um mm-hmm. through high school pretty much she started working when we were more independent part-time but then jeff and i you know moved out of the house and she was kind of at this crisis like she didn't feel like her life was worth anything Mm. i had to kind of talk her off the ledge a little bit and say mom you you don't know how jeff and i would have turned out if you were working the whole time you were you were there you raised us and i think we turned out pretty well yeah and you cannot look back and think you wasted your life just because you chose to be a mom it's, yeah. You did not waste your life. You, you've done a wonderful thing. Yeah. And now our family's growing. Jeff's got two kids. I've got one. And now she can be a grandma. And that's going to be the most rewarding thing. Like, that's, that's the most fulfilling thing in life. Mm-hmm. It, it literally it? is. Yeah. It's, it, it's crazy. It's also so interesting that something that I've observed when hearing arguments that are put forward and this type of verbiage of assuming toxic masculinity which is honestly within the major media and major communication is observed only as masculine. 
Like there is no toxic femininity. There's only toxic masculinity. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. And that's, I mean, maybe in other outlets I've seen it, but the large, almost exclusive majority has been toxic masculinity. And through that, I've noticed because the whole idea of like the feminist movement, it's like, well, I am for women to have an equal place within society. It's like, I, it would be wrong to be against that. But the thing is, is that the whole feminist movement is, there's a large portion of it that's not feminist. It's anti-masculine yeah. is what it truly is fundamentally. Mm-hmm. It's not about women being the best that they can ha- be and have the most equal opportunity that everyone else has. It's about tearing men back down. Yeah. It's it's not it's not a building of anything. It's a you're you inherently as a person are bad. Yeah. And yeah. it's like that's how is that constructed? <laughs> yeah. Um oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Crap. Sorry. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's very true. I mean, again, it's the sad thing this is why I mean th- this is really one of the fundamental reasons why we three wanted to do this do a podcast about fathers is because we want this is something that we have noticed in our generation mm-hmm. is that we grew up in a time when men were belittled in media and belittled in commercials, belittled in movies and all the things men are being kind of shown negatively. And oh yeah. We don't believe that. We want we want to celebrate fatherhood. We want to celebrate mm-hmm. men for the, all the good that men bring. Yeah. And obviously this is an area where there has been a major failure, as I showed with the stats of spiritual leadership and just in general leadership within the home. Mm-hmm. This is a massive failure on men that has led to, I think, almost, I would say almost all the problems that we're facing in our country today is almost exclusively because of fatherhood in the household. Mm-hmm. And if that mm-hmm. was solved, most of the problems we have wouldn't be going on. Yeah. And yeah. it is literally one of the biggest deals in the world right now. So this is why we do this. It's why we want to talk about these things. Right. It's not like we have the answer, but it's yeah. we're three guys trying to do our do our darndest to, to figure this stuff out and be good to our kids. Right. Yeah. And I remember hearing this from Larry Elder. He said that the three best indicators of success in America are um graduating high school, uh getting married. Or not having a kid until you're married, and um, having a father. Having a father. That's wow. it. If you have those three things, you you'll have those be fine. three things. You're great. Sweet. And the three of us, I believe, <laughs> we got them. <laughs> we got them. And uh, it's hard to see the fruits of that at this point in time. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe someday we'll get there. I, I think we set ourselves up pretty well, and so we're yeah. hopefully trying to instill those same. Yeah. ideas into our kids um and it is interesting scott not scott jeff <laughs> that, that uh <laughs> i'm sorry describe your one scrawny jeff <laughs> old sticks boy over there <laughs> hey sticks boy <laughs> um hey, something that you uh you had said which is really interesting <laughs> is like especially like within media like the whole idea of the bumbling father who just honey i don't know how to change a diaper what are you crazy? Yeah, he's or, pooped everywhere. The, the TV commercials that show the dad being a complete moron. Yeah, or like even like in move in like shows that like just came out, like Stranger Things. I mean, granted, that was like a kind of historical in a certain sense. 
of like the yeah. 60s 80s. or whatever 80s, the 80s. Yeah. yeah yeah and he's like honey get the door i'm reading the oh, paper yeah. you so know that talk kind about of stereotypes stuff, yeah it's like that that's dad of that super family heavy. is so stereotyped it's crazy. <laughs> yeah but like the thing is that's so interesting is that that doesn't actually bother me that much it doesn't like seeing that is like yeah that that was a that was a thing and i yes. can look at it and go yeah that's not a good idea <laughs> if anything that makes me go mm, yeah i'm not gonna do that um more than anything else but it's it's so interesting how the offense is so forward for so many and maybe that's a view of you know what we've lived yeah. as is it's just culturally acceptable to kind of degrade fathers yeah and yep. It may not seem like, oh, yeah, the stereotypical dad of that one family in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. You, that may not be a significant marker to you. Yeah. But it's that plus the commercial of the dad laying on the couch asleep and the mom trying to solve the problem. Plus the, you know, however many movies you want about, you know, some derpy dad in it or whatever. Like, there's just, mm-hmm. I couldn't name it. There's a bunch of them. I've had two things of scotch. I'm, I'm done thinking critically for now. <laughs> um, <laughs> But there's just tons of examples in our culture of men being just slightly frowned upon and fathers being like considered goofy and dumb and yeah. like the number, of, the number of sitcoms that have stupid dads in them. Right. It's just the, like the idea that Homer Simpson is an idiot is just, it's obvious in that. And Peter, Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin. <laughs> oh my and word. American Dad and all, every single one of those shows has a dad mm-hmm. who's derpy. It's like, yeah, Rick eventually, and yeah. <laughs> Rick and Morty, all of them, it is like massively consistent. You just oh, yeah. wonder, you know, I don't know, does that have an effect after millions of hours of watch time and shows? It's like men kind of just get crapped on a lot and it, it's annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we also don't get offended easily and we just take it. I know. I also just think it's funny. Because we're, <laughs> because we're manly. Yeah, yeah because yeah. we're men. <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest. I am, I am a lot more sexist towards men than i had ever even really analyzed before and i like realized it and i was like oh wow <laughs> like wow <laughs> i think like, poorly to the men. point where like it's not even it's it's almost like oh they don't need any help essentially is like kind of the thought process like oh you know it's covered don't worry about it like even like if i were to see an argument between a guy and a girl my first inclination would be like ah, oh, he's done something wrong and she's pissed at him for some reason. To, so. si- to side with the girl. Yeah, just naturally. Like, even yeah. almost be, like, <laughs> instantaneously protective. Like, you know, if I need or, to step yeah. in, I'm ready. Hashtag I'm paying attention. Believe all women. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, like yeah. where did that even come from, honestly? I don't, I don't the, the assumption that women are little angels and are incapable of making a false accusation. Mm-hmm. Or wrongs. I, mean, I don't know where that came from. I mean, this yeah. is kind I of... literally. It came, an from, example it came from, from a hatred of from men. today yeah. where I, I picked up my car. I had to get new tires on my car, so I picked up my car today. And as I was driving home, I realized that my new phone hadn't been, I hadn't set the Bluetooth to my car for phone calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I park and I'm like, cool, I'm going to set up my Bluetooth. So I'm sitting in my car, listening to some music, getting my Bluetooth paired on my phone. And my wife just yells at me from the driveway, what are you doing in the car? And I was like, I'm just, what do you want? And apparently <laughs> the dog was barking at me what? to get, because my dog was waiting for me to get out of the car. And oh, she yeah? was annoyed at the dog barking at me. So she yelled at me about it. And I got out of the car and I was like, get over it. <laughs> I was pairing the Bluetooth in my car, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. You're upset for no reason and I'm not going to, ah, like that happens. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, it happens. 
it's nothing. But. I mean, the sad reality is, is as the shift ex- like begins to like really take effect within the culture, there's there's a lot of awareness that's going on. Like I watched this video today of this guy interviewing these girls on the boardwalk that were basically just talking about the fact that if they wanted to have sex with some dude and he was like, uh, no, he's either gay, he's some kind of pansy, which is the nice way of putting it, and he, that they would just do it anyways. It's like, oh, so it's just socially acceptable for essentially because you're the quote-unquote weaker sex that you could just rape people, essentially. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, as guys, we're not right. even thinking like that they're being raped in some idea, but it's like that's like almost the, the conscious process which we have to get into now. Yeah. It's so insane. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think a lot of progress has been made. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone nowadays believes women are actually less capable of being in a lot of male-dominated professions yeah. than men are. Absolutely. Like, like I said in another previous episode, my boss for the first five years of my career, well, for the first couple of years, it was a man, and then became a woman. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that that's means something totally different. It's totally weird. No, I didn't mean that. Um, oh my word. He left the company. <laughs> okay. And then and my next boss as a woman. Next <laughs> My next boss was a woman. And it was the same person. Just no. Dun, was, dun, dun. Um and she was great. She was a great engineer. She was a good manager. Mm-hmm. And uh she was the only woman pretty much in the entire engineering wing of the company. And she earned, she had a ton of respect. Like no one at least in my limited view in my limited experience being in the work world everyone treated her with the respect she deserved um for her standing in the company and yeah. no no one thought differently of her because she was a woman like it didn't matter mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I can even say from the personal prob- experience i've never looked at a female employee and thought that they were less capable than a male employee simply because they were a woman yeah like I, that, that's just never been a thought it's like, I don't think yeah. that, I don't know. It just depends on you. It's like, there's some women who I work with who I think are less capable than other people. It's not because they're women. It's just because I, I evaluate their work and go, um, man. I, the only time, sorry, Scott, real quick. The only time, <laughs> he's going to punch me. <laughs> the only time that I've ever thought that was when my inspector, who happens to be a woman at work, decided that she was going to, you know, try to loosen this particularly large bolt, like, larger than your full fist kind of bolt. Yeah, well, now we're talking about physical ability. And she's moving the wrench and like she's practically hanging on it and I'm like do you want some help? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like at like in that sense I was like okay, like I understand that not even like I'm physically heavier. So like if I'm hanging off the end of the bar, I'm going to have more capability. Yeah. Or if two of us hang off the or same if bar. Both of us do it yeah. then, you know. But even still like She's still very capable because she's an inspector, which is a pretty high up position within aviation maintenance. It's like, she's obviously done this for years and years. She's done it anyways. But even still, it's like, like that's the only example I can possibly think of. And that happened once. Yeah. And again, that was about physical characteristics of men and women. Exactly. You're just heavier. You can (laughs) hang off of stuff and it's going to turn. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But what I was going to say is while progress has been made and, I think most men believe women are just as capable as them at doing different, different jobs. Mm-hmm. Again, the pendulum is swinging the other direction too far. 
and that we are now lowering the standards for admission into like the Navy SEALs, for instance, or (sighs) into the Army. Nope. And uh, that's where we, that's just complete insanity to me. That is. Like, we need to have some hard standards here for who's going to be fighting in our dang military. It's so interesting because there's been three women Navy SEALs. Ever. Like official real SEALs. And they, you ask any one of them and they're like, no, do not change the standard. I know. Because they it's freaking stupid. earned it. It's like they earned it. They got there. It's the, like the if quote you from one here, of them was legendary. Anyway. She was like, "Look, if my comrade goes down in the field of battle and I have to throw them over my shoulder and carry them, they still weigh the same. I don't care if you lowered the standards of fitness. The dead exactly. guy I'm hauling off the field weighs the same amount, and I need to be able to lift him. Like yeah. it's, that's the rule. It's like you can't just change that. It's like it's part of the deal. <laughs> yeah, and that's and now we're talking about equity." And we're looking at our Navy SEALs and thinking, why aren't there more women? We need to lower the standards so we can get more women. One, that's a tacit acknowledgement that women are weaker than men. (laughs) And and two, you just made our Navy SEALs weaker. Weaker, You made them incapable of performing the duties they need to do. Yeah. So that's that's when the breakdown of the idea of equity even just like falls apart. Is this idea that you need to change the standards in order as, or like the idea that because there is less makes it a problem. Oh, there's, there's not enough male nurses in, in hospitals. That's a problem. There needs to be more male nurses. Oh, there's not enough women mechanics. We need to get more women in there. Like I was even having a conversation with our admin. It's like, you're not going to be able to go to any facility ever. And it be a majority woman. Like that's not going to exist. It's going to be all dudes. And it's yeah. like, that is the reality of the situation. And it's not because there is somehow someone standing in the way being like, looks like you're pretty female. Denied. Like, no, that's <laughs> not the reality of it. It's yeah. just the simple nature of men and women. Yeah. Men chose to be mechanics. Yes. Women generally don't choose to be mechanics. And the ones that do deserve to be there. <laughs> yeah. It's like. And if you don't deserve to be there, it's pretty apparent right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing about equity is if you if you apply equal representation all the way down the chain, you're yep. going to run out of people. And you're like, also going to force people to do things they don't want to do. Exactly. Like, yeah, if more men decide to become mechanics than women, and you say you need exactly 50% Women, fifty mm-hmm. percent men. Eventually, you get around to women who wanted to be mechanics. <laughs> yeah, because more there's only men, so many of them. Yeah, there's only so many of them. More men want to be mechanics than women. Yeah. So I, th- I think to to give the devil its due, the argument as to why you want to produce an equitable result mm-hmm. is that because they believe that men and women are interchangeable. Yeah. Because the roles have, as we were saying earlier, because the roles of men and women have become so fungible in modern society, they just mm-hmm. believe that they're completely interchangeable. That the only reason that there aren't any women that want to become mechanics is because our society has just arbitrarily deemed mechanics mm-hmm. as a male job. And if we would just start saying women should be mechanics enough, women will become mechanics. Yeah. But again, to date, after many years of this, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Women yeah. are not interested. My wife has zero interest in fixing our lawnmower that I need to fix yeah. still. She <laughs> yep. doesn't. She's like, I don't know. You fix it. She's. It's like she yeah. just doesn't care at all to solve mm-hmm. that problem. And it's like, I can't make yeah. her do that. And it's not because she's appealing to some 
archaic gender role either. Or because she I'm a jerk. genuinely doesn't have an interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Men and women are different. Yeah, it's just great. It's just crazy. <laughs> that it's even a thing. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy that it's a thing that needs to be so artic- so well defined. It seems so self apparent. Well, That's yeah, it was something thing. we've all known for millennia, and now and I don't. I don't feel like everybody. I've been taught this. Like I felt like I knew this when I was four. Like you're different than me, for some reason. It has only been reinforced through life. <laughs> yeah. No one told me they're different. No, it's just self-aware. Yeah. Yep. I, I And I think that's the, the base struggle, <laughs> honestly, Yeah, with the argument is you're like, it just seems so self-apparent. Yeah. And Jeff, you'll, you'll be able to speak more into this as your kids grow up. I know. Mm-hmm. You're raising a girl and a boy. So I can't wait to see how it goes. I mean, even just at my, my niece's graduation party, my oldest, so my family kind of weird structure but my oldest other niece other than my 18 year old one mm-hmm. um is four and she was playing with a five-year-old boy who was there who was like a friend's kid or whatever and the boy was like we should play a game and he points at my niece and says you're a skeleton run away from the skeleton and just starts running around the yard like being chased by the skeleton that is my niece <laughs> and my niece is just like what's happening kids we just play together and Can we like, play house? No. <laughs> it's like, nah, you're evil, running away. It's like, this is just hilarious to watch. Yeah. Oh, my word. Uh, that's pretty great. All right, let's wrap this one up. I was going to say. I showed you the time on my watch. I didn't start timing us until we were like 15 minutes in, so we're still... We're going for a while here. That's probably an hour and 20, probably. I don't know. Anyway, I think this is excellent conversation. I enjoyed yes. this a lot. I, I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, mm. I feel like t- <laughs> it's funny. Towards the end of every episode, I feel like we devolve into more rantiness. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get as more the, passionate. As we, the drinks get consumed. It's like we sift. The, like we have a topic and we're like, ah, oh, nice topic. And you like yeah. sift out all the nice fine powder and you have just the nuggets of passion left over and we're like <laughs> you know what i mean yes. every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah if you like this rate it five stars leave a comment you can follow us on facebook mm-hmm. and at some point we'll get an Others. instagram going i don't know i just don't i don't use instagram myself and i don't we're really gonna use, have to social media if we're gonna make this thing i work. don't use facebook either but I'm, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to We've got to yep. get this show out there. So, as of now, this is July 19th, 2021, that we are recording this. We have a Facebook page. We have a Gmail address, dadsdiapersdrinks at gmail.com. So, you can email us there. You can find us on facebook.com slash dadsdiapersdrinks. I will set up an Instagram at some point, mm-hmm. much to my... Once I'm, I'm reluctant to do so, but I will. Record photos of things. Yeah, we, <laughs> we'll probably just That's be posting clips. the best way to clips. say that, right? We're yeah. recording video for the first time tonight, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Trying um, all the new stuff. We're trying all the stuff. Um, so Jeff will be posting some clips. Uh, we'll make a YouTube channel. That I'm on board with. Yep. Um, but yeah, feel free to yeah. shoot us some questions or things you want us to talk about as well. Yes, we're on the internet. You can find us. We're not everywhere you can be, but we're working Yet, on we will be. We'll, we'll get there. We will be everywhere eventually. Um so that's all we got for this week we hope you'll tune in next week and subscribe and share it with your friends but for now we thank you for listening and we'll see you next week bye cheers